amen, as the body of Christ, amen, worship him in spirit and truth, amen, it's, uh, it's good to see everyone here tonight, amen, and uh, to all those that are not here, amen, continue to lift them up in prayer, amen, that God would touch them, amen, and heal them and recover, help them recover, amen, and uh, anyone that's traveling, we know that God will keep his hand upon them, right, amen, we're all the we're all the body, one body, baptized in the one body by one spirit. Amen. So we're all connected. Amen. And we want to lift each other up and encourage one another. Amen. Those that need it. Amen. Uh, as much as we want to have great days all the time, some days are not that great. And that's why we have support here and support by prayer. I would know that prayer works. Amen. And so we pray for those that are in need and they'll pray for us when we're in need. Amen. That's a blessed uh, to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, the kids' church can be dismissed tonight. Amen. As we uh, go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, one verse, uh, Romans 1 and 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Amen. There's no excuse. Amen. Um, I'm going to talk to you tonight from this title, The Revelation of God. Revelation of God. Turn to a few people, wave at them. Amen. As you're seated this evening. Amen. The, the older that I get, the more that it seems like I forget. Forget where I place things, forget where I left them. Anyone here with me? I guess if, if I'm experiencing that, um, the older I get, I would, I'm going to assume that anyone that is older than me is probably having a more frequent occasion of that. But we've all, we've all had that morning where we are running late um, because we can't seem to remember that place where we, we last left our keys. Uh, we know there's a designated spot that we always do it or always place them or keep them. But that one time something happens and you didn't put them there or, or you place them somewhere else and then you don't think about it till you get up in the morning or trying to get out the, in, in the morning and they're not there. And they're, they're, they're lost, they're somewhere. And what is even worse is when you are running late and you jump in the car only to find out that your spouse has the keys. And they've already left the work. That, uh, that happens to me every few months. I leave my set of keys in Taylor's car. And she arrives at work before that I leave the house to take the girls to school. And so uh, on those frequent days... Um, I sit in the car ready to turn the car on and it's not there and I know my heart sinks because I know it's probably in the car because I drove the car the night before and forgot to uh, transfer them. That's a, that's a danger with those fobs is you just put them in the cup holder and you don't need to carry it around. It just it works and then you get out of the car and you forget to bring your keys with you. Uh, and so needless to say those make for a long morning. But the average American 
According to one study, the average American spends two and a half days each year looking for misplaced items. Two and a half days this year you're going to be spent looking around for stuff. Yeah, some might be longer. Some might be on a, a week-long vacation. Uh, two and a half days, plan on, put that in your calendar and, and your planner. Uh, and so we, we, we collectively, as a, as a whole, they say we spend $2.7 billion every year replacing things that we've lost. Uh, and so how many times have you spent and how much time have you spent looking for your phone or your keys or your sunglasses only to find out that they've been in your hand or your pocket the whole time? And you just, for, for whatever reason, you didn't know. You're, they, they're in your hand or your pocket, and you just never checked. You didn't even realize it, that it was right there. And what you were looking for was right there in front of you the whole time, and you just couldn't see it. And, and you feel like such a fool, don't you? How, how could you not see it, or, or how could I not feel it? It was right there in my hand. It was just, it was just my mind was elsewhere. But, uh, but that is how it is with God. When people of this world are looking for the secret to happiness or the answer of, to their emptiness or the peace that completes their soul as a person, well, only God can fill those parts of our soul. And He is right here, right there in front of humanity's face and they don't see Him. They walk right by Him and they bump into Him and they look right into His direction and they don't see him. And so what do some people say? Well, God's just not real. He, he's, just, he's just some ancient myth that if, if he was real, then he would make himself known in my life. If, if he doesn't show up like this or, and look like this, and if he doesn't do this and this and that, then if those things don't happen, then God must not be real. Because he didn't meet my expectations in the way that I wanted him to show up and perform. And if he doesn't do that, then he's not real. Psalms 14 and 1 says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said there is no God. The, the person who looks around this world and says there is no God, the Bible calls them a fool. Because the word of God declares in Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things of God are clearly seen somehow. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What the word of God says is that if you look around in this world, you can see proof that there is a God. You can see the evidence that there is a God, a higher being, an almighty God, the only living God, an all-powerful God created the heavens and the earth. And his fingerprints are everywhere. They're everywhere. And so that mankind is without excuse as to whether or not they believe that there is a God or not. There's no excuse. Can't get that, can't get stand before God in the, the white throne judgment and say, Oh, I didn't think you were real. Well, there's no excuse. 
God covered his bases and he made sure that there's no excuse that uh, you can stand before God and say, I, I didn't know. You didn't show up like I thought you should have showed up, and so I didn't think you were real. Well, too bad. We are without excuse. And so uh, mankind is without excuse whether we believe it of God or not. There is a God. There is one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. His name is Jesus, and the evidence is clear. According to the Bible, it's, 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 it's clearly visible. The invisible things of God are clearly seen. The evidence is clear. What kind of God would make this world, put human beings here that were made in his likeness, made after his image, and he never revealed himself to them? What kind of father or mother would have a child and just hide from them their whole life and never never present themselves, never reveal themselves to them, and the child would never know who its parents are? What kind of a parent would do that? And we don't, we don't do that to our children, and so why do people think that God would be different? Why, why do people think that God would make all of this and just disappear for, for all of eternity for us to be left here in this, in this, in this crazy world uh, all by ourselves, having to try to figure everything out by ourselves? No, God is not like that. We aren't li- we're not like that to our children, so why would our Heavenly Father be like that to us? God is not like that. He reveals himself, and he makes himself known to this world, and the evidence is out there without excuse. So the easiest way to realize and understand that there is a God is to just look up in the sky at night on a clear night. And you will start to see the stars and the galaxies and all of them. They're just incomprehensible how how many there are and and, and how far they are away and, and what they consist of. Psalms 97 and 6 says, The heavens declare His righteousness, and all the people see God's glory. And so uh, all you got to do is look up in the sky, and you can see God's righteousness. You can see God's glory. If you need a sign of if there's a God or not, just look up into the sky, and you're going to see a little bit of His glory. You're going to see some of His righteousness. And so we are without excuse. Most of the human race that has populated this earth for thousands and thousands of years, have looked up in the sky and they have seen those things, but had no idea what exactly they were. But they knew deep down something stirred in their, in their heart and their soul when they looked up into that, 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 that abyss up there in the sky. They, something deep down in their soul told them that that is the realm of God. Can't really explain it, but I just look up and I see that, hey, there's, that's, that's another world up there. That there's something supernatural uh, up there, something supernatural about the heavens above my head. And, and in their ignorance, most of mankind would make up some kind of false god and, uh, and, and construct some idols to the celestial bodies above. And, and they, they would worship these things because of what they saw in the sky. And they said, this is, this is the God of the sky. And their worship, obviously, we know is misguided, but their, but their soul told them that there's something up there. 
their soul and their spirit, something spoke to their spirit and said, there's, there's a higher power out there that you need to be worshiping. And so in their ignorance, they made these idols and they worshiped, but, but they worshiped because they looked up and they saw the majesty and the glory of God and his righteousness and said, I have to worship God. And fast forward to today, we have the technology to map the sky. We can map the galaxies. We can measure distance and space and light years. We can figure out how far this star is from this star. We can zoom in and get high-definition images of planets and and stars and solar systems. And, And we understand the complexities of space and how Earth is positioned in the absolute perfect spot in our galaxy to sustain life. Any closer to the sun and we'd all melt really fast. And any, any further away and we'd all be a frozen snowman. But the, we are precisely in the absolute perfect spot this earth is. And it spins at the, at the right, uh, right speed and it's tilted at the right uh, degree for have season, all these things. The absolute precision of everything. We know this from technology today. And what do humans today say about all that? They say, well, an all-powerful God did not create all of this. It all happened by accident, by some big bang, and just this is how we arrived here. It wasn't by a God, uh, because there's no God out there. Well, we arrived here by just some kind of big bang, and then an accident. Everything appeared, and here we are. You see? How we are such and such more of a godless society each and every day. Not only do we not do we have the nerve to remove God from our schools, our courthouses, and our society, but now human beings stand and boldly declare that there is no God in the heavens. A caveman with an IQ of 20 looks at the heavens and says, There's a God. Humans today with a high genius IQ look at the heavens and say, there's no God. Go figure that one out. Psalms 8 says, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers and the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that visiteth him? That's what we should respond to when we see that stars above. Wow, God, look at your glory. Look at your majesty. What is man that you are mindful of me, of the, the billions of galaxies out there that we can never explore? All of all of that, what, who am I? What am I that you would come and want to be with me? Instead of saying that, the world just declares that uh, there's no God up there. Or if there's a God, he doesn't interfere with the human race and we're just kind of on our own. It just shows us to the extent that this world will purposely deny and ignore the evidence that is staring them right in the face. And it shows us just how far this world is from God and how much this world needs him. There is no excuse. The invisible God is clearly seen from creation. Even though God's fingerprints are everywhere, 
And just that alone, just God's fingerprints everywhere is enough evidence to justify someone being banished from the presence of God for all of eternity. Because there's no excuse. The invisible things from creation are, are made, are clearly seen. There's no excuse. And so if you ignore the fingerprints, if you just ignore the creation, the natural a world that we live in, if you ignore that and say there is no God, the trees and the evidence around us are, is enough evidence to send somebody to the lake of fire. And even still, God reveals himself to his creation through our senses. He doesn't have to, but he likes to because he wants to be near to us and he wants to have uh, a relationship uh, on the individual level with each of us. And, and, and this fact, this evidence that God likes to reveal himself is seen with the first human, Adam, where even though Adam would look around at the, the Garden of Eden and his spirit and his soul told him that there was a God, just from what he saw, and from that revelation of God through nature, Adam would call upon God and worship him just from what he observed, the fingerprints of God everywhere. He says, oh, there's a God and I, I got to worship him. But even still, through all that, we are told that God still liked to make himself known on the personal level. And as God would come down in the cool of the day and walk uh, with Adam side by side, there, where they would converse and build and strengthen their relationship and their bond with one another between creator and, create, and creature, and between God and man, between father and son, they would work on that uh, individual relationship. Because the evidence of God's existence is everywhere. We shouldn't need a supernatural manifestation of God to have to have faith and to walk righteously in this world. Looking at the trees swaying in the wind and should give us hope and increase our faith just a little bit because we know God exists because we see his fingerprints all over the trees, on all over the, the, the nature around us, and, and, and we see evidence that God clearly exists. But why is that not enough? Why do we need more evidence of God? That tree is enough evidence to, to condemn somebody to go to hell for their unbelief. But why is it not enough to encourage us to help us to get through our trial? It should be. Something as simple as a tree. And yet, we, we walk right by the tree. We, we, as we cry out to God, oh God, give me a sign that you are real and that you see me in my situation and that you haven't forgot about me as we walk by all these trees. The power of God is right there planted next to our car and we can't even see it because we're not looking at it. God, I need a word from you today, and God, I need some help today, and I need some reassurance that you're there and that you're, that you're out there. Well, how about Genesis 1 and 11? God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself 
upon the earth, and it was so. All that God did was to speak, let there be trees, and, and trees just appeared out of nowhere. All he did was say, let there be grass, and grass appeared out of nowhere and covered the earth. And that tree outside only exists because of the word of God. Because God spoke and commanded the tree to be there, and it just appeared. God said, let there be trees, and there were trees. And, and I, I don't know about you, but that is a, a powerful sign to me that God just spoke, and all these trees appeared out of nowhere. That tree is evidence of the power of God. That tree is evidence of the majesty and the almighty God himself and the power of his word, because without the word of God, that tree would not be there. And if we need a word of encouragement, don't just walk by the tree and not notice it. we got to look at it and say, wow, look, there's God. God made, God just spoke. The, the, the words we read in the Holy Bible, the, the, the scriptures, that's evidence that the Bible's true. A tree. And if God put that tree there, and if he made that tree that, uh, that complex and that beautiful, surely he knows the way that I take. Surely he knows where I'm going. Surely that tree is not more important than me because I have a soul and I have a spirit and I have been made in the image of God. And so if that tree is alive and prospering, I can have faith that God knows where I'm at. We are literally surrounded by the revelation of God. And at times, at times it's not enough for us. We need, we need more. God, we need more. We need more trees, God. We need a sign, God, that you're still there. And, well, if the trees and the birds and water are, st are still here, then that's probably a good sign that God's still around. Because if God ever disappeared, if he ever stopped speaking, uh, all of creation is upheld by his word. And so if he ever left or ever went, went somewhere, obviously he's everywhere. But if something ever happened, then everything would literally just melt or disappear. Because it's all upheld by his word. Read Genesis, the first chapter. Everything that we have here is spoken from the spoken word of God. The power of God is what we have. Evidence everywhere. And yet at times we struggle in our faith with doubt and unbelief. And we ask God, God, I need a sign. Jesus addressed this very issue in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor they gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? God makes sure that every single bird gets fed and, and every baby chick gets its worm every day. And, and we ask ourselves, has God forgotten about me? If you need an answer, why don't we go outside and see if we don't see uh, dead birds all over the ground covering the earth. Because if you don't see that, if you see birds flying and you hear them chirping, that means that God is still on the throne. Because he still, he has to feed every single bird by his word. He makes sure every bird in the world gets fed uh, because uh, that's what he said. 
And if we're seeing birds flying around, then we know that God is still on the throne, and we are more important to him than that bird, as Jesus said. And God has revealed his word and his power by every single bird that flies in the sky. There are signs everywhere right in front of us, and we don't see them, and we begin to wonder about God. I'll tell you, if, if you want to increase your faith, go buy a bird feeder and some bird seed and put it out by the side of your window, and you'll see these birds show up in the morning, blue jays and cardinals and all these things. You just, you just sit there and watch them. You can get mesmerized by, by the birds, and it's just amazing to see how they how they react and how what they do. I mean, and, and you'll you'll it won't be long until you'll see the the revelation of God show up outside your window. It's not going to be long until you see the power of God flying around because He spoke the, He created those birds by His very word. And it won't be very long until you hear the birds singing and giving God thanks for the food that you provided for them. I'll tell you, if you need a sign, just look outside, look at nature. There's fingerprints of God everywhere. We know that God is real. He's alive. He's on the throne. We have nothing to worry about because if creation is still around and God takes care of that, how much more will he take care of us? Jesus goes on to say, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought of raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Okay, maybe you haven't seen birds in a few days. It's been a while. And so maybe you're beginning to wonder. And so surely... You've seen some grass lately. I mean, we don't live in a, a desert, so surely there's grass around you. And there are flowers and there are shrubs that are growing. And Jesus said just one single little lily is more decadent and more glorious in the eyes of God than, all, than Solomon was with all his fine linen and all his gold. The, the wisest man ever lived, probably the richest man ever lived, gold everywhere. One little lily uh, of, the, of the grass of the field is, is more glorious than all of Solomon could ever produce with whatever he had in his glory. And yet, Jesus says, you're more important than that little piece of, that little lily. That little blade of grass, as, as complex as it is, you're more important that and I take care of the grass don't 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 fret or don't worry I'll take care of you as well I'll, I'll keep you safe I'll, I'll keep my hand upon you and, and that's a sign for you and I but yet how often do we walk by and just not see it the grass declares the glory and majesty of God to re reassure our faith that he that he knows the way that we we take and he knows what I'm going through and that he he'll see me through my trial my tribulation why because God's fingerprints are all over my yard maybe you had some you have some frost some florida snow in your yard this morning had a bunch of noise most of the time, we just walk right past nature, don't we? Walk right by, walk right through the yard, stepping in, not even thinking anything about it. 
Not a single blade of grass is, is clothed more in glory than all of Solomon was. And yet we get in our car, we walk through our grass and or, or, or walk past the trees and the shrubs. We get in our car and we ask God, God, give me a sign that you'll be with me today. We walk past them all, all over, all over the place. He goes on to say, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye need of all these things. These things the Gentiles seek, that's you and me. Jesus pinned us down 2,000 years ago, knew what we'd be worrying about, knew what we'd be stressing over and, and the things of life, and, and Jesus says, uh, uh, don't worry about that stuff. Look at it as a sign. Those are my fingerprints that I, I've got this whole world orchestrated in the, the natural complexity of, of, of nature. And if I can maintain all that, surely I'll be able to clothe you. Surely I'll be able to feed you. Surely I'll be able to take care of you and, and I'll know where you go. Uh, surely just because of what you see around you, there's the, the fingerprints of God. The invisible things are clearly seen. And there's no excuse. All we got to do is to look around and we can see the handiwork of God. Signs everywhere. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You shouldn't need a sign, but if you do, then maybe we should get out of our man-made life, our, our man-made room with the man-made walls and man-made furniture and get rid of, uh, turn off the man-made entertainment and screens and, and computers and all that stuff. And all we got to do is just to go outside and just take a look around and we can see the glory and the majesty of God all around us. And that should encourage us some. I'm not saying that's more important than studying and reading the word of God. We know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, but surely uh, we can look at the tree. If we look at it for more than a, a few seconds and begin to think about it, that will start getting our minds on God and, and away from our problems. And, wow, yeah, if God can make this tree and make sure this tree is, is alive and grows, surely he can take care of me today. Surely he can keep his hand upon me and, and make sure that I get through my trial, my situation. All we got to do is to get outside of our man-made world and to get into the natural world and begin to really focus and call on God and we can see God do things in our life. Because the Bible says if, if, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. We don't need to get all, all, all sheltered up in, in our man-made facades and, and lives uh, so that we forget about God and we're not praising Him. It, it, God forbid that ever comes and the Bible says the rocks will cry. Why? Because uh, God's in the nature. God's everywhere. There's His fingerprints are all over the place and, and the birds and animals and even the rocks. The, the lifeless rocks will, will cry out and give God praise if no human will. If every human being is, is so scattered and, and not focused on God, nature itself will lift up a voice. We are without excuse. Signs everywhere. He goes on to say, musicians, if you come, Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so Jesus is saying, hey, get your attention off the things of, the, uh, uh, of your needs and your cares and your wants and your, 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 your necessities. If you just look at nature and realize what I'm doing, uh, what I'm upholding by my very word, uh, if you seek me first, I'll take care of everything. Just like I'm taking care of the world, I can take care of your needs as well. But you've got to put me first. You've got to put aside our kingdoms and our wants and our, our ways and our mindsets of how we think things should run. And we just say, God, you're in charge here. God, you've been running this, this universe for thousands and millions and billions of years. Uh, what, 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 what am I, who am I to say uh, to interject my thoughts and my opinions? God, I'm just going to look at the skies and say, wow, God, look at your glory. Look at your, your righteousness and your majesty. Who am I that you are mindful of me uh, and the Son of Man that thou visiteth him? All we got to do is to get our minds focused back on God and God can take care of the rest. And he gives us signs everywhere to redirect our attention. But yet we only focus on the man-made stuff, which takes the tree down and cuts it and doesn't make it natural anymore. And it removes the fingerprints of God, if you will, we paint it, cover it up, and decorate it, and then you can't see the fingerprints anymore because they're decorated with man's, man's glory, and then uh, we forget about God. But we're without excuse. This world is without excuse. He's given us signs everywhere right in front of our face every single day and every single night. But how often do we see them? How often do we just drive by them? He led the Israelites out of Egypt with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Clear, visible signs, evidence of the revelation of God to the Israelites. And you, th you think, wow, man, that would be cool. God, why don't you do that for me? Well, look at all the visible evidence you can see during the day. If you're looking for it, you'll see it. Uh, and at night, take a look at all the visible evidence that God has displayed all over the skies and the heavens. You, you'll see all the signs that you need to reassure you that God is in control. And yet, sometimes people say, all of this stuff is not enough. We need more. We need, we need some other sign to reassure uh, and strengthen our faith. And what, 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 what more does God need to do? Do we want to hear his, his audible voice? Most people in the Bible that heard God's audible voice couldn't handle it. The nation of Israel heard God speak from Mount Sinai. They heard, uh, they felt the, the ground shake with the, the voice of, of, of Almighty God. And, and uh, they said, we don't want to hear it anymore. It's, it's just too much for us. Talk about you wanting a sign and then rejecting it. But even then, even all of that, all you would have to do is to hear that one time. And it should shake and stir your soul like, man, there's, there's a God in heaven. And I've seen the fire. I've seen the cloud. And I've heard the rumbling of it and the thunderings of his voice. I better make sure that I live, start living right. But yet, even uh, amongst all that and seeing all those other additional signs that the children of Israel got to see, they still couldn't live right. They still ignore the word of God. They still sin. After hearing the, the, the voice of God, they, they went off and they, they made a calf. And they sinned. 
but yet everybody wants a sign, but yet signs are all over and, and they, they still don't do, do any, any good, do they? Because we've got to be looking with our heart and we've got to be looking for uh, God and putting his kingdom first. What more could God do? What more could God have done for the children of Israel? Every single day was a miracle. They woke up and they walked out and they picked up this bread. Panera bread all over the all over the ground every morning. The good stuff. What more could what other signs could God have given to his people to live right? And yet still. Sign after sign, still they just never got through their heart. Reveal himself by fire. Oh, that that sounds cool, but probably won't be as cool as you'd think it would be if it ever happened. So many signs. Will you stand with me today? Even with all these signs in creation of the revelation and the power of God, even still, God likes to manifest himself to humanity. He does it to the human race as a whole, and he does it to the individual person. Because we are more important to God than that beautiful bird that flies around. More important to God than that magnificent tree. More important to God than that beautiful lily of the field. And yet he wants to get to know us personally and he wants to walk with us each day as he did with Adam and, and all the other people of God. We're blessed that we live in a time where we get to experience the supernatural like many others didn't get to in the Bible. We get to experience the infilling of his spirit. The invisible things of God are clearly seen. Now they're seen in us and felt in us and move through us. And we get the, the goosebumps. And you want a sign? How about, a, how about 10,000 goosebumps on your body? How about a sign? If you've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, what, what other supernatural sign do we need to make it through our day? If you're speaking in tongues and speaking in a heavenly language, that ain't you. That's not you speaking. That's the Spirit of God inside of you taking over your tongue and, and beginning to speak words of, uh, 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 and other things you don't even know. That's supernatural evidence that God has given to us and that God is real and that He is with us and that He will never leave us or forsake us. Uh, and if we need God to reveal Himself in your situation... All you got to do is to look around at the, the nature around you, see his fingerprints, and if you're filled with the Spirit and you need more, uh, another sign, all you got to do is to start praying and start speaking in tongues, and I'm sure uh, that God will give you that sign that you need, that reassurance, because we can feel his Spirit move. What more of a sign do we need? We can feel uh, the power of God in our life. We can hear it speak through our bodies and through our tongues, what more of a sign do we need that God is real? We are blessed that we serve the living God. And, and it's not just all on the external. 
But now God lives on the inside. The, the invisible spirit of God. The, the same spirit that, that moved upon the face of the deep, upon the waters in, in the early uh, Genesis 1 where, where God did all that. That spirit is inside of us. What, what more of a sign do we need to help get through our day? We have that God. We have God inside of us. And they, there, there are signs everywhere. And there's evidence all around that, uh, that God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? That if I feel his spirit moving, that's a reassuring to my faith. That's comforting to me that, hey, God is still here. God is still on the throne, and we're going to make it. We're going to get through it. It may be tough at times, but we've got God on our side. we got greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Come on, do you believe that tonight? Why don't we worship the Lord? Why don't we thank him for what he's done? Thank him for the works that he's doing, the signs that are everywhere around us to strengthen and encourage our faith. Let's worship him tonight. Let's magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your signs. Help us to see them, God. God Help us to see them every day, God. Hallelujah. You are God alone. 
Jesus. Oh, we worship you, light, light, Lord. We worship you. We magnify you, Jesus. Lord, there is none like you, God. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We see your glory and your righteousness, Lord, your handiwork, God. Who are we, God, that you are mindful of us, but yet you are, Lord. You are not very far, Lord. You're right there with us. We worship you. We thank you, God. We know that you'll be there to see us through. Amen. It's amazing when you actually sit down and you unplug from this crazy busy world and just just look at nature and it can just it can just take you away and just get you get your mind on God and sometimes that might be what it need you need. I know uh, I know preachers that uh, they would go and they would just go out they'd go pray outside walk, pray and walk, or walk in the woods, they would build an altar out there in the woods, just away from, away from the, the material things, away from mankind, you get out there with nature, and hey, that's, that's God, that's his fingerprints everywhere, amen, and so let's not get so caught up in the man-made things, and the, the flashiness, and the things that God, that man can build, and say, look how complex that tree is, or that leaf, that's, that's God's handiwork right there. And if he can take care of that, he can take care of us. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.